For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit ReutersConnect.com. Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week, we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and the deals just keep getting bigger. We're beginning to focus on pro football in the U.S., the beginning of the Premier League soccer season and soccer season all around, leading to Qatar, and everything in between. It's appropriate we talk about the deals this week and special guest of a person who's run the Jacksonville Jaguars and other NFL and baseball entities in a few minutes. But now, deal-making issues three to one. Three. Hair adds Anthony Edwards as their latest to provide membership experience on an NFT platform. That's H-E-I-R, the emerging digital fan token platform co-founded by Michael Jordan's son, Jeffrey, has secured another NBA player as a member ambassador. Anthony Ant-Man Williams, the first overall pick drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, joins Lonzo Ball of the Chicago Bulls and Benedict Mathurin of the Indiana Pacers as a partner. And starting Thursday, fans can buy early membership to witness Edwards' autumn journey. Not only will members have direct access to Web, Edwards' Web3 activities, they can receive autographed memorabilia and potentially attend Edwards' August 18 membership event in Atlanta. The deal is important because Jordan and his son received $10 million in seed funding, a company whose mission is to jump the Web 2 to Web 3 gap by transforming sports fans into owners, has previously released Lonzo Ball's NFT in collaboration with streetwear designer Don C. and Web 3 lifestyle developers OK Bears. Bottom line is, moving forward, two Hall of Fame Marshall Falk celebrity acquires a football team in Sim Win Sports Metaverse and joining a growing list of celebrity owners. Who's who? San Diego Battleships is Fox team. Franchises also belong to, get this, Magic Johnson, Jerry Rice, Mike Singletary. Pretty darn good. Slim Sim Win claims fans can collaborate with the team's celebrity owners by collecting, trading, and managing virtual players. Single-day and season-long fantasy competitions will also take place during the football season, as well as sports wagering. The league CEO, David J. Ortiz, formerly led the development of the EA Sports Madness franchise and is intent on having Simwin branch off into other sports, such as basketball, later this fall. One. Finally, sticking with Football Hall of Famers, deal-making issue number one. Potential 2023 class includes Daryl Rivas and Joe Thomas, headlining possible inductees. Uh, 362 former players, coaches, and contributors received a permanent spot in Canton, Ohio, just like last week. Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrined this last week. Pomp, circumstance, always important. Joe Thomas, Daryl Rivas, 
uh, Dwight Freeney, James Harrison, and others. A slew of talent earned Hall of Fame finalists, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, Tori Holt, Devin Hester. They're in the mix this year, didn't make it last year. The deal is it gets looked at and vetted for a year, and then frankly, everybody has an opinion. The bottom line is the opinion will be turned into reality come next year in Canton. Well, that's deal-making issue number one, and we focused two of those on the Hall of Fame and how timely it is. Last week, the Jaguars lost to the Las Vegas Raiders in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't really matter. The bottom line is the Hall of Fame inductees carried the day. We've had our former president emeritus, David Baker, Hall of Fame, last week in our podcast. This week, another participant in the Hall of Fame, Jacksonville Jaguars president, Mark Lamping. He is well-traveled and earned well traveled accolades. President of the St. Louis Baseball Cardinals, September 1994 through 98, built part of the architect of the Bush Stadium, privately funded deal along with the major development in downtown St. Louis, became the CEO of the Meadowland Stadium Complex, 2018-2008, basically moderating and developing the Giants and Jets had equal co-share, and he was the one that helped put it all together. Before that, a 13-year veteran of Anheuser-Busch, and after that, beginning in 2012, the president of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Significant challenges, but also significant opportunities. Mark talks about markets, stadiums, other sports, development, equity, and so much more. Here's Mark Lamb. So it's 1980. And you're at Sigma Alpha Epsilon, and you're celebrating with your guys, and you're graduating Rockhurst University in Kansas City, Kansas. Did you ever contemplate all of the deals you would do, the Giants, the Jets, the Bush Stadium, uh, obviously the long-term deal with the Jaguars? It, it, how, how, do you, how do you foresee a career track like this? No, you can't. You can't. And people would be lying if they said that they could you know, predict what was going to happen with me. I was such a beneficiary of uh of great timing and and great luck and you know i was i was graduating from college and i had a job offer at anheuser-busch and you know one of my former youth soccer coaches happened to be the president of of anheuser-busch and and uh i was all excited about getting this job i was actually getting married uh, a couple weeks after i uh graduated so i thought having a job and moving back home to st louis i thought would be great but I got advice from him to say, no, no, don't take this job. Go to business school. And then uh, when you get out of business school, you know, there'll, there'll be better opportunities for you. So, you know, I did that. And then I went, joined Anheuser-Busch and, you know, had a really fortunate career that, you know, led to so many wonderful things. Let's go through this for a minute. And you're, you know, through the early 90s uh, as the group director of uh, sports marketing, those relationships that AB had and Tony Pontoro talks about it in my book as well. Uh, the Olympics, the World Cup, MLB, NFL, uh, NHL, all of the major organizations, and you were basically the designated uh, implementer and the doler out of outer of money. It was a big deal for you. Well, the big doler out of the doler outer of money at Anheuser people that had control over the advertising and the media uh, budget. So great people like. Chuck Fruit and uh, Tony Pontero and uh, P Peter McLaughlin, the people that really had the advertising dollars, they 
they're the ones that got invited to all the parties and got all the good Christmas gifts. Um, you know, the sponsorship side what was a significant part of it, but it, but it was just a, a percentage of, um, of what the media budget was. Well, so, but you do cut your teeth and it's a very significant diverse experience that not a whole lot of people have. So it's uh, September 1, 1994, and you come back and uh, you're not offered the uh, priesthood. So you take the position as president <laughs> of the Cardinals and five central division titles, uh, the 2006 opening of Bush Stadium, uh, the new one. Man, how do you time it where you open a stadium at the same time the team wins its 10th World Series at the same year? That, what a what a what an amazing position you put yourself in. That was that was un, I mean that was unbelievable. You know, it, I think it has happened one other time. I think when uh, Yankee Stadium opened, the Yankees won a championship that year. But it was a it was a real special year. I mean, a lot of things went well for the team that year. You know, we were made a late run to, to get into the playoffs and, uh, and then beat the Mets in a, in a, a great NLCS and the Tigers had, had won the, the American league pennant, but they won really early on. So they were sitting on their hands for four or five days and they went into the world series really cold. And, you know, we, we won in five games. It's still the most significant uh, moment I've had in sports is being there you know, with my family, with my kids yeah. and sacrifice so much to support us in these types of careers. And we were all able to celebrate as a family, a world championship that, um, you know, sort of came out of nowhere. So you're hired by Meadowland Stadium Company and, and uh, the 2008 kind of year of a billion six facility that gets done. Uh, that was a, incredibly interesting as an outsider that are list, people listening uh, you were you weren't hired directly by the Mets, the, excuse me, the Jets or the Giants, but by the, the the stadium company to build a facility that was basically half and half by both the green team and the blue team. So you your role was pretty unique in that context, right? Yeah, I, I basically worked for the joint venture uh, between the two teams. So you know, I reported to the board of the joint venture, which was made up of John Mara. Woody Johnson and a, a few other executives from both of the teams. So, you know, I was, um, you know, it was a it was a big job to manage just the project itself. I had come off the new stadium uh, construction in, in St. Louis, and I and I enjoyed that. But it was also uh, to be serve as the mediator uh, between uh, the two teams. And you know, I had I had been in sports for a long enough time. I had known all the principles, uh, you know, through anheuser sponsorship activities. So, you know, I, I, I came into the job with a different background than most sort of stadium construction people would. And, you know, I, I loved it. I, I mean, there was, people were saying this is going to be a nightmare. The two teams will never get along. And I never had one instance where either one of the teams ever made decisions that weren't in the best interest of their joint investment in the stadium. Well, you're a deal maker. You're a marketer. You brought significant chops to the deal, but also being that uh, you know night school resident psychologist also <laughs> probably probably helped in that deal. Uh, it, it it required a significant amount of consensus and, and and agreement, though. Don't you agree? Well, it did, but you know the key was I you if you're if you keep your ears open a lot, you can understand what's real. You know, I knew what was really important to John Mara. And I knew what was really important to Woody Johnson. All I had to do was convince each one of them that 
hey, John's, Woody, John's going to let you do this, but here's what he wants to do. And I don't think that's going to affect you at all. So, you know, I you always tried to make it a win for both teams. Sometimes things had to go a little slower in, in, in some instances, but, you know, like I said, it, they're, they're, they're great sportsmen and, and they, they did a, a you know, wonderful job in, in pulling something off that is not easy to do. And that's a 50, 50 share, truly a 50, 50 shared facility. You know, your template is I'm sure the SoFi template in the context of, you had two, and not only appeal, appealing to both teams and make sure they felt like this was their stadium, but you had two sets of PSL Skybox Suite tickets, and they both really had to believe they were their own stadium. Right? Yeah, and and you know, like I said, the structure in at, at MetLife Stadium was a was a very good one, where the major sponsorships were sold by the joint venture, so the naming rights and the cornerstone sponsors, all the suites were offered. You know, for the first couple years, uh, you could only buy them if you're buying both teams. So that was an advantage. And then the and then the teams themselves had control over all their 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 ticketing and um, and all of the digital advertising inside the stadium. So the permanent stuff was sold by the joint venture. And you know, the it, it was it perfect? Absolutely not. But it, but it worked very well. And particularly when you look back on it now. At 1.6 billion, it seemed like I can't believe that they can build a stadium for 1.6 billion. Now that's about the ingoing price for about any stadium. 2014 was the first uh, Super Bowl played in an open air stadium uh, in a cold weather city, but you had no control over the weather. The week before, <laughs> you look at the forecast. What did you sleep that week before? You know what? You, you anyone who went to that that uh, Super Bowl knows it was like unseasonably warm. There was all these, all these warming tents were, were, were put in place and it was a great thing. Actually, you know, I, I, I was a big part of, of the presentation and the plan to, you know, to bring the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I had actually left to go to the Jaguars, but I came back to the game to attend the Super Bowl. And, you know, the next day they had tremendous ice storms. So I had those ice storms occurred. You know, the day before, it, it, it would have been Ice Bowl, too. And let's segue into uh, February uh, 13, 2012. Uh, Shad Khan makes a decision to hire uh, a, a president, uh, the first president since 1996 of, of the Jaguars. So not only did he have faith in you, but he had faith in your comprehensive ability to be the de facto business guy for his entire world. How did that all come to be? Well, I was, um, you know, I, I, I left St. Louis and I was four years into a five-year employment contract in, in New York. I knew that I was going to be leaving after that fifth year because the, you know, the project was complete and it was a, it was a project-related uh, assignment. Um, you know, I, I, I know I could have stayed there uh, without question, but I really fell in love with the NFL. You know, I saw it uh, through. Uh, its structure, which I think is the best structure of a league uh, throughout uh, uh, the entire world, uh, the unbelievable emotional connection between the football fans and their and their favorite team, and really had hoped to stay in the NFL. And you know, I'd been in Florida a lot, as you know. We used to cross paths down in the the Palm Beach Gardens area, and uh, was going there with the Cardinals for a long time at the spring training in Jupiter, and and. Um, I had never met Shad. Uh, Shad was actually somebody referred Shad to me actually when 
he was thinking about buying the St. Louis Rams. Then, uh, so I got connected with him through a guy by the name of Jim Woodcock and Joe Lasessi, who you know at uh, at Proskauer. And I actually got a call from Joe, sort of out of the blue, wondering if I'd be interested in in shooting down to uh, to uh, Jacksonville to to meet Shot. And I did that near the end of January. You know, my wife was was at our home in uh, um, in Palm Beach Gardens, so. She drove up for the weekend. I flew down from New York, and uh, you know, two weeks later, he offered me the job, and uh, I've loved it. He's a, he's a he's an unbelievable person and a uh, great great boss, a wonderful person to work for. And the things we've gotten to work on down here are well beyond what I ever thought we'd be able to do. Well, we'll we'll get into those in in the time we have left. But uh, when you look at the uh, uh, bio of yours as it relates to your your current job description. The Bold Events uh, Company, uh, Lot J Master Mixed Use, TIAA Bank uh, Renovation, the Fulham Football Club, uh, and and what happened at Cra- Craven Cottage and the Riverside uh, Stand and the Team Stadium, the stuff, the Performance Center. Uh, I missed a lot, but how do you how do you prioritize? How do you multitask? And how do you delegate? Well, I delegate quite a bit because I've got the opportunity to delegate. I've got an un- unbelievably strong staff. Uh, most of the of my direct reports have have all been here for six seven years some the full 10 years that i've been here and i've got great confidence in their ability to um to accomplish what they're being asked to get done um you know i tend to focus on the issue of the day and uh, one day it, it might be some financial matters involving the fulham football club the next day it might be a construction issue with our Sports Performance Center, you know, tomorrow it might be meeting with the city regarding modifications to a, uh, a redevelopment agreement. Um, you know, we've uh, just acquired some additional property here around the stadium. We're in the midst of a major uh, review of the stadium pointing towards a, a major, major renovation of the stadium where, you know, we've received uh, eight submissions from the leading, from many sports, leading sports architects in the country on the stadium of the future here. So we, we're not lacking in, in things to do. And, you know, it's, it's just having, having strong enough people around you. That's, that's the real key. I could not do this if I didn't have a really strong staff of very capable people that don't need to be micromanaged. Are you comfortable that you have a process in place to preserve the Jaguars long-term and what other support Pro Bowl in the future, maybe draft in the future, maybe another Super Bowl. You know, that's a complicated question, but yeah. but answer it. You know, I I I I think we do, Rick. This is a tough market, and and you know, our our on field performance has not been good at all. So that doesn't that doesn't make anybody's job easier. But at the same time, that's not something that that all of us control. So we're not going to spend too much time wor- uh, worrying about that. Jacksonville is a growing city and, you know, we are, you know, we can't grow to the East as you, as you know, we do have a presence in London an annual presence over there, which is a big part of. That's ways. That's, that's ways. That's for the yeah. of, of what yeah. we do, but yeah. you know, there's a, there's a, there's, there's three things that we believe we have to accomplish to, to make sure that we can bring NFL football to Northeast Florida for generations to come. Uh, first, you know, we, we have to start putting a better football team on the field. You can't expect to get the fan support and the community support if they're constantly disappointed with the product. And, you know, uh, 
this is the time of year to be to be optimistic and uh you know we're 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 hopeful going into next year that you know we'll have um, great improvement on the field you know the second thing we have to do is make sure we've got a stadium that can serve the needs of our fans and other stakeholders you know for a generation or two to come so this current stadium won't do that but we have kicked off a process almost two years ago in conjunction with the city of jacksonville to try to deal with what the long-term stadium solution is and i'm confident that we'll get there because our interests are are very much aligned. And then, and then the third, and maybe the most important, is that downtown Jacksonville has to realize its full potential. I mean, Jacksonville is a is a great city with unbelievable natural resources. We're in a good climate, very favorable taxing environment. We got great healthcare infrastructure. We got beautiful uh, beaches, beautiful uh, historic river that comes right through downtown Jacksonville, and yet. The city, the city itself, downtown Jacksonville, has quite honestly not kept up with other cities that have a lot less things going for them than we do, and we need to change that. So that's why Shot is so focused on downtown development. Are you preparing for the appropriate public-private partnership? Absolutely. That's why our process has been inclusive of the city of Jacksonville that we started, to, you know, two years ago. Um, yeah, there. Look, there's. There's nothing that's going to change our schedule that just because something happened in Buffalo or Nashville or, uh, you know, Kansas City, that's not going to change our schedule. But it is an important data point. It's a con. And, you know, there's one thing that's that's that, that's undeniable. And that is that if you're in a smaller revenue market, the participation from the public sector is greater than it would be if it was a high revenue market. You know. You know, New York arguably could afford to privately finance a stadium because they have the great capacity of, of, of revenue potential in that market. They have scale. They have millions and millions of people. That doesn't exist in, in markets like Buffalo or here in Jacksonville. So there, there needs to be the trade. needs to be a trade-off. You don't. You never want to put an NFL team in a situation where they're at a, a, a market revenue disadvantage and they don't have any type of of expense advantage. So if, if you have both of those, you're, you're, you, are, you are not going to be stable and you're going to have real issues. And, and I think everybody understands that. What we don't know is, is what is it going to cost? And we're on a path to determining that. And then once we know what it's going to cost, we'll, we'll uh, work with the city to determine what can they justify and then what can, what, what can we put in and get a reasonable return on? How do you uh, affirmatively and aggressively work to make sure that the next generation of fans are Jaguar fans? Well, we have to, to, to intentionally engage them. That's for certain. You know, the other trend that is not necessarily the most positive is that what you're, what you're seeing across most sports is that um, the percentage of kids, young kids that are actually participating in sports and the amount of time that they're devoting to physical activity has been declining. And we know this, that if, 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 if someone has played the game, um, their uh, probability of, of, of having an affinity for that sport going forward when they're no longer able to compete goes way up. And then a shameless plug, uh, you know, we've talked about the uh, uh, Sports Debate Advisory Council. I have put together with the secretary of former uh, sec, uh, commissioner of education and the idea of of, of uh, rational thought and uh, debate and, and academics with a sports theme 
makes kids more interested, brighter, smarter, more compelled to move in the next step. Teams all over the state are, are, are doing this with me, and I appreciate you being involved as well. Talk a little bit about that whole uh, process. You know, I think that's 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 a wonderful program um, that that you and uh, Richard Corcoran originally uh, put together. I think one of the you know the academic pursuits are fundamental to everybody. The single most important thing you can do that will affect your life going forward is is focusing on your your education. And when you can provide a program that allows an academic pursuit to um, have a a competition where there's a winner and a loser and you, you you probably learn more from losing than you do by winning and to be able to apply that in an academic environment i think is awesome you know because not everybody can be the star of the football team if you focus on it you can the, the uh, develop debate skills and and to be able to have a competition i think is a good thing well, Mark Lamping always has an interesting perspective in so many ways, not just football, obviously, baseball, and otherwise. He is an important part of the NFL today and in the future. How about the Sports Tech Minute? Sports Box Artificial Intelligence closes a $5.5 million seed round led by EP Golf Ventures, investment vehicle created in collaboration by the PGA of America, and Elysian Park Ventures joining the round, a female-led group of individual investors, Michelle Wee West, Marina Alex, Mel Reed, broadcasters Amanda Bellionis, and Kira K. Dixon, Randy Zuckerberg, CEO of her namesake, namesake media company. CEO of Sportsbox is Jahi Lee, a former LPGA tour player who later became Wee West's business manager and a top, go- top golf executive. Also participating in the seed round, famed golf coaches Sean Foley, David Ledbetter, and David Blitzer, an owner of several pro sports teams. The company's first product, Sportsbox 3D Golf, which uses only slow-motion smartphone video to create motion-captured data. Users can review the swing from six angles and receive data points on positions, angles, and velocities. Earlier this year, the director of sport technology and innovation of USOPC, Phil Cheatham, joined Sportsbox as its chief scientific officer. How about gaming? Sports gaming minute this week. In Texas forefront, they remain a question that's yet to be answered. Are they going to play or not? The biggest state in the South still awaiting the day when it'll be able to bet on sports. While the legislature took steps in 2022 and again this year to try to legalize Texas sports gambling, the sessions ended without an agreement. The 22 legislative session and the one previously. New optimism for next year as a highly contested governor race has brought sports betting into Texas into the spotlight. Not a significant issue in the campaign, but with candidates have mentioned the possibility of legalization in the future. It's not a surprise after the successful implementation of sports betting in other southern states, Louisiana, Tennessee, and others. These states have also seen a windfall of tax revenue, with more people and money being wagered than previously projected. The other state with a similar population, New York, just reported over a billion-dollar handle in June alone. If Texas online sports betting gets legalized, Texas sportsbook sign-up offers and Texas sportsbook promotion codes are bound to be incredibly popular with the new bettors in Texas. How about, as we always do, the good sports minutes, talk about philanthropy today and philanthropy 
in the future. And when you think about it, a lot of issues and a lot of good, good, goodness and, and also some wistful reflection. Vince Scully passed away at 94, tributes pouring, uh, pouring uh, in all over uh, the country, at least three bouquets of flowers around the stadium, one placed under Scully's photo at the Dodgers Hall of Fame wall, one by the press room, and one uh, beside the retired Vince Scully Mike. There will be many, many more in the future. He, of course, will be incredibly missed. Mets ace Jason DeGrom takes a perfect game into the sixth inning back from the injured list. And he was regaining his old velo. Looks like he'll be back. He's also very philanthropically oriented, and that will be back too. Anand elected Fide Vice President Arcady wins the second term. The 44th, what are we talking about? Chess Olympiad, the FIDE Congress being conducted in India, long aspired to be in the chess administration. Listen, people can talk about this as a non-sports, but certainly is, and it's been political, and it's also been economic, with key sponsors uh, 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 popping up all over the country. NBA investigating the Knicks for potentially tampering in their signing of Jalen Brunson, the four-year, $104 million contract. They're looking at the issue, and obviously they could face penalties, including losses of draft picks and otherwise. And then finally, in something that couldn't be really described as philanthropy, but it might be real, Liv reportedly gave, offered Tiger Woods anywhere from $700 million to $800 million bucks to join the, join the tour. Bryson DeChambeau reportedly received more than $125 million, revealed that he's not spoken with Woods since his defection, but obviously a lot of discussion about Greg Norman's offer to put as much on the table of Saudi money, and then Tiger, if you turn that money down, you ain't going. That's the, clearly the issue. Well, it's not philanthropy, but it's business, and money will trickle down to that focus as well. We'd like to thank Mark Lamping for giving of his time. He's busy with development and football and a host of other things with the Jaguars. like to thank Nick Nielsen for putting the show together. I'd like to thank you all for watching and listening. And join us next time when we go inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm the sports professor, Rick Haro. Speak with you soon. Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. Leagues, teams and federations around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise is never far away. For more information, visit actionimages.com.